welcome back to You Asked For It, um, a podcast from Pastor Steve Scoggins and Pastor Justin Alexander as we work through the questions that you send in about the world or the Bible um, and try to answer them from a pastoral perspective. Uh, The question that we have today is one that um, I know is um, asked regularly. Uh, Someone sent this in because, I mean, they themselves were were dealing with this. And it is the question of, uh, does God ever condone a marriage after divorce? Now, this is really prominent, one with you know, I, how regular divorce is in our culture. But then I think even in the church, it's something that is debated often. I know when I was in seminary, which is not that long ago, I had, Pastor Steve, I had friends who were on the far side of it where they would say, if you've been divorced, you are not allowed to remarry at all. Um, if you've been divorced, like forgiveness is something that is like impossible in this. You can never be a pastor again. All these kind of, it was like a really, then I had others on the other end that were like really, really loose. And so, Pastor Steve, mm. I'd love to kind of hear, how would you kind of work through this question? And the person that turned this question in was actually, even though she and her current husband, both of them, their previous spouses had committed adultery, and that was the ground for divorce, and they remarried. They were refused membership in a church because wow. they had been divorced. Mm. And got to keep in mind what Deuteronomy 5, verse 32 says. God says, go neither to the left nor the right of his law. I believe it's as sinful to be stricter than the law mm. than it is to be looser than the law of God. So we don't think about that often, do we? Yeah. Okay. So what we've got to do is this. We've got to look, what is the Bible? Say? Are there grounds for divorce? And traditionally, evangelicals have pointed out two clear grounds for divorce. I'll talk about others in a minute. But the two clear grounds in 1 Corinthians 7, desertion. Paul says if you are married to a non-Christian and that non-Christian leaves, you're no longer bound. Interestingly enough, in chapter 7, that's verse 15, you're not under bondage. In chapter 7, 39, he says if a woman's husband dies, she's no longer bound and can remarry in the Lord. So that means a ground for divorce is also a ground for remarriage. But... um. The other is adultery, and that's found in Matthew 19. This is such an important passage. I'm going to walk through it verse by verse for a little while. So we'll look at Matthew 19, verse 3. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? I have the privilege of teaching New Testament at Fruitland, and one of the things I try to do is get them to know the background behind what we're reading. In that day and time, there were two main schools of rabbis that were both founded. The founder of each rabbi, of each school, one of them was Rabbi Shammai, and the other was Rabbi Hillel. Hmm. Shammai tended to be very conservative. Hillel could, could sometimes be more liberal, more loose. Um, for instance, when you, if you were to ask Shammai, can a Gentile get to heaven? He would say, only if you get circumcised and keep the law. Hillel said that, no, the law was never given to Gentiles in the first place. They only have to keep those rules that were laid out for the people up to Noah's day. Fear one God and be moral. Uh, by the way, Paul was trained in Hillel U because Gamaliel was Hillel's grandson. That was mm. Paul's teacher. So you can hear what, what they're saying. Is Hillel right or Shammai right? But now when it came to divorce, both schools had different opinions about the one verse on divorce in the in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 24. It says, if a man finds uncleanness in his wife, he can give her a bill of divorce and send her away. Well, they debated what is uncleanness. Now, Hillel defined uncleanness this way. Uncleanness is anything that displeases a husband. And he gave us one of his many examples, if your wife burns your dinner. You can divorce her. That's pretty scary, right there. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. You can see why. Can you leave? Can you 
give a, be divorced for any reason. They were saying, is Hillel right? Shammai said the uncleanness referred to adultery. But I like what Jesus did. They're basically saying, give us reasons to divorce. Mm. And he goes back and says, can we look at the ideal first? Mm. God never wanted any divorce to happen. Verse 4, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? For he said, this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. So in essence, they were saying, give us a reason to divorce. And Jesus said, let me start off by giving you the reason you ought to stay together. Now, I know you do a lot of the premarital counseling. You're dealing with younger families. This is something that you've got a passion about it, about helping people know why they need to stay together. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my generation is the generation whose parents, there was more divorce that happened there than anywhere else. I know that I've told you I'm 30 years old and 12 years out of high school. And there are, I can count at least eight people that I went to high school with who were all married and divorced inside of two years. And so, mm-hmm. um, that's hard, you know, and, and I think, you know, I think we should want to, um, see couples stay together. And I think there's great reasons why. Like one is for their kids, right? Wow. So, I mean, there's, overwhelming evidence that we can look at that you can see on every study that shows that kids who grow up in a two-parent household are better emotionally, physically, do better in edu- educationally, all of this than those who grow up um, in single-parent households. And mm-hmm. and divorce itself does just wreak havoc on, on, on school situations. I had plenty of friends who you could tell when they were going through that and they, they would talk about how tough it was for them right there. And so, so I'd say it does have an impact on children too. I would even say that, that, that your, your best shot of happiness is with the first marriage. Um, and I'll tell you why, a couple of statistics. You know, we see that 50% of marriages right now end in divorce. But it shows on the second marriage that 70% of those end in divorce. And so we don't seem to learn anything. No, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, because often the way things work is it's easier to end it once it's already been ended before, right? So, yeah. so your first, that first marriage is yeah. your best, is your best shot. And then another reason I would say it's good. To, to do the best we can to stay together. Now, there are certain circumstances, like we'll we just said. we talk about those. Yeah. And we'll talk about more. It's a big deal. But I would say this, that God, God is in the business. He, he grows us uh, through stretching us, mm-hmm. even in the hard times. Uh, um, Romans 5 says it this way. Um, Paul says that we boast in our afflictions because afflictions produce endurance, and that endurance produces character, and that character produces hope. And then this hope will not disappoint because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit through through all of this. And, and I think that's something to hold on to in marriage, that yeah. even in – the hard times that come from just two humans living together. Yeah. We put two sinners under the same roof for a long time. Yes, and, and I think there's something that's beautiful that happens, that growth that happens that way. Martin Luther said it this way. He said that marriage is the school of Christian character. <laughs> and I think, and I told you, I think it's so good because if you know anything about Martin Luther and his wife, they were both characters. Yeah, and so true. they both stretched each other, but they had a beautiful marriage yeah. through that. And so I think it's good that we stay together. So we, we, even though we're talking about divorce, God's heart is that let's try to save every marriage we can. Absolutely. But then what he does, they, they ask him this. All right, you're telling us that God didn't want any divorce to happen. So verse 7, well, then why did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? Then verse 8, this, this hit home to me. 
He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. Hmm. But from the beginning, it was not so. In right. essence, what he was saying is divorce was not God's plan. It was an allowance hmm. because of the sinfulness of our hearts. You've got to remember the Old Testament law was the civil law for a whole nation. A nation would have good people, bad people. He said God saw the hardness of people's hearts and he allowed. Years ago, I read an article in Moody Monthly that basically spoke so strongly to me. I'm one of those that's got the most wonderful wife. We we love each other far more now all these years later than we did when we were standing in 1977 in front of an altar. Uh, and, and I've never had to worry uh, which husband, which wife is coming home tonight, the mean drunk one or the nice sober one. I, I've never had to worry about being beaten. I mean, none, none of that's been a problem. I, it's, our life's been good. And so this article said, for those of us who've had good Christian marriages like this, Never underestimate how hard it is out there. Mm. Uh, based wow. on this hardness passage, I would never encourage a wife to stay in a marriage when she's being abused. Mm. Yeah, I, I yeah. think that, that's, that was the, one of the reasons why this happened. But then finally in verse 9, Jesus says, okay, you ask. Here's the drum roll. Is Shammai right or is Hillel right on this one? He says, I say to you, if whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. So he came down. He didn't avoid the rabbit. <laughs> he came down and said, adultery is the ground for divorce, but here's the deal. He did give a ground for divorce. When people say no divorce should ever be condoned, no divorced person should ever be accepted, you should never do a wedding of somebody who's been divorced, well, then what about the exception clause? And so we've got to be careful that we're not being stricter than God's law as well as looser than God's law. Hmm. I'll tell you a story. I was visiting the hospital many years ago, and there was a sweet lady there, and I'd never heard her story. A lot of times it's the first time I'd had a chance to talk with her. And so she started telling me her story. She'd been single for a while, beautiful young woman in her mid-40s. She said, I was married 20 years. And then one day my husband rolled over and told me, I'm not in love with you anymore. And she made this statement. I've never forgotten it. She said, I found out in Georgia it takes two to get married, but only one to get a divorce. Wow. I fought yeah. for that marriage, but there was nothing I could do. But here's mm -hmm. what happened. As soon as the divorce was granted, he let the secret out. He had fallen in love with someone else, mm -hmm. and he remarried that other person almost immediately. And then she looked up at me and said, Pastor, I guess I've got to stay alone the rest of my life because I've been divorced. I said, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. I shared with her this adultery as an exception, and, and I said, think this through. God's not going to say your punishment for you being faithful and his being unfaithful is that you have to spend the rest of your life alone. Mm. No. And so I looked at her, and I said, I'm going to pray a good man in your life. <laughs> and I was able to do her wedding wow. to a godly person before wow. I left that church. Wow. Now, there's one more semi-rabbit to go down the road on this, one more little thing. There are some who teach, well, really, you only get married once in God's eyes. And I, I know of people who are going to, peop to people and saying, if you're going to be right with God and you've remarried, you've got to leave this spouse and the children you have with that one and go back to that spouse, and they're going to have to leave their spouse and go back together. Now, now, so in other words, one marriage and everything else after that is adultery. That's that's not what the Scripture teaches. This is a ground for, adult, uh, for divorce and therefore a ground for remarriage. But I'll show you in a scriptural example. The woman at the well. Hmm. Jesus came up to her and said, go call your husband. I don't have one. You're right. You've been married five times 
And now the man you're living with is not your husband. Mm. So he recognized the difference between five marriages and, and what we used to say in my day, shacking up. <laughs> you know, so, so, uh, yes, marriage is something that, that can happen more than once. Now, one thing I want to close with here, brother, is this. The longer I live, the more I love the word grace. Mm, yeah. I, I would say that there are some that we should say, we should say there's no guilt. Your spouse was guilty of a condition of adultery. You are free. There are others who sit here and they've remarried and they're haunted by the past. Can, can I say this? Even if you did not have grounds for divorce, but you've come before God and sought him and you're remarried now, understand this. Divorce is a sin, but it's not an unpardonable sin. Hmm. It's amazing how we treat it sometimes yeah. in churches as if it's the unpardonable sin. Yeah. But it's a sin, but God is so gracious, hmm. and God is the God of a new start. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's such a great thing for us to remember is that our God is full of love, and he's full of mercy, and he's full of grace. He sees sin as something serious, but also he sees grace as something that's serious as Ooh, well. And so yes. um, I think it's something for us to remember. And then, like I said, my generation— I mean, you're seeing even more, you know, even more divorce or even the unwillingness to get married now. So I think if we've got to be able to present grace, but then also present the beauty of marriage and, and what God does through that. Um, and I think as we do that, um, we begin to even show families that display the gospel and display the love of Jesus. And that's what we want to have happen, right? You know, in our church. Absolutely. So even in the shortcomings and even in the, in the good times, we continue to show that. So, well, I hope this is a helpful question for you. Um, as we dive into a topic that I know a lot of people are dealing with right now. And I'll tell you, if you have something that you would like for us to discuss, you can go on the website and 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 offer that question there or send it into um, one of our emails that, that that's always accessible at the church because we'd love to just uh, to bring your topic forward and hopefully help you out in that. Thanks for joining us today.